Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, February 13th, 2022, which is the sixth Sunday after Epiphany. Let's begin our time together with a reading from Luke's Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place, with a great crowd of his disciples, and a great multitude of people from Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone, and and thanks again for joining us. I must admit that I'm kind of a self-proclaimed history buff. Not too long ago, I came across a rare photo of someone that many claim to be one of the greatest presidents in all of American history. The photo had a caption which read, Don't believe everything that you read on the internet. Signed, Abraham Lincoln. It reminded me that things are not always as they seem to be. Today's reading from Luke's Gospel is another fine example of things not being like they appear to be. At least not on the surface. Immediately prior to our reading for today, Luke describes Jesus having gone up a mountain to pray. As he was coming down the mountain, people were crowding in on him and seeking all manner of healing. He stopped and began to heal the sick and to teach people. Jesus told his listeners that the poor, the hungry, and those who weep are blessed. Those words may be a little jarring, but they also may be familiar to some of us. It's a good example of things not being as they seem. When I think back to the times that I've shed tears, when I've mourned something, when I've been grieving something, I never felt particularly blessed. Matthew records something very similar in his gospel. Whether we read it from Matthew's gospel or from Luke's, there is a common thread that runs through this teaching. Throughout the Gospels, 
Jesus' teaching retains a deep and abiding concern for the poor, the hungry, and the marginalized. Elsewhere in the New Testament, Jesus also taught that whatever was done to the least of these, to society's most vulnerable persons, was done to Jesus himself. That sense of compassion for the marginalized is particularly clear in readings like the one that we just heard today from Luke's Gospel. Jesus draws a clear contrast between the poor, the hungry, and those who mourn, on one hand, and the rich, the happy, and those with full stomachs, on the other hand. I think we need to be careful here. Jesus is not dooming the wealthy or those who have found joy in life. Neither wealth nor poverty are imbued with any particular moral value in and of themselves. Rather, those of us who are able are encouraged to use our wealth as a tool to express God's love for others. Wealth becomes a tool through which we are able to express our compassion for those in need, and it's that ability to express compassion that has moral value. There's another important thing to remember in this story. Jesus wasn't teaching anything that his Jewish audience hadn't already heard before. The needs and the rights of the poor are central to the rules given in the earliest of Hebrew scriptures. In Exodus, God commands the Israelites, saying, You shall not abuse any widow or orphan. If you do abuse them, when they cry out to me, I will surely heed their cry, and my wrath will burn. Also, the Israelites were instructed not to harvest the crops on the edges of their fields. They were to be left to feed the poor and those who were migrants. The Hebrew scripture goes far beyond simple charity. The book of Leviticus orders a jubilee every 50 years, when debts will be cancelled and land will be returned to its original owners. When we examine a little historical context, we begin to see that Jesus' teaching on the relationship between the rich and the poor was nothing new. He was reminding his listeners that being faithful to God also meant showing compassion to all of God's people, particularly those who needed it most, whether they were a part of the nation of Israel or not. So what does this text have for you and I today? Well, at first blush, Jesus' words offer the same reminder as when they were first spoken. We hear Jesus cautioning us to care for the less fortunate. Jesus told a first-century crowd that the poor, the hungry, and those who mourn would be blessed. Suppose for a moment that you and I are the vehicle through which that blessing occurs. The 16th century mystic, Teresa of Avila, once put it like this, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. 
Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. End quote. But what does this mean practically? There are many ways in which we can honor Jesus' teaching. There are dozens of things that we can do in our own local context. I know of one parish that established a phone network that allowed housebound parishioners to keep each other company over the phone, particularly in the winter weather. We can donate to a food bank or volunteer at a soup kitchen or shelter. To the many who are already doing this, I would say, keep up the good work. There are many in our midst who are passionately involved beyond our own community by doing things like lobbying our government, advocating for things like access to clean water for First Nations people. This past year, the Anglican parish of Lloydtown raised $25,000 for clean water through the Schomburg Country Rung. We can support organizations whose mission it is to help support people in need all over the world. The truth is that there is no shortage of causes that we can get involved in so that we help real people in need. In our reading from Luke's Gospel, we heard Jesus call the faithful out and challenge them to express their faith in practical ways that had a direct and positive impact on those in need. If our faith in God is genuine, it must begin to impact the way that we treat other people, both in our immediate church community, but also well beyond. Both as individuals, but also as a community of faith, we must always be attentive to the spiritual and physical needs of those around us. May God give us the courage and the compassion to live into the lives to which he has called us. Let's pray. Eternal God, whose Son went among the crowds and brought healing with his touch, help us to show his love in your church and by our lives as we are transformed into the image of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.